Well, good morning again. Um, this morning we're going to do a little kind of sermon at and sharing time. Uh, uh, it's a little unusual day because we have the requiem throughout the morning. Um, so we want to kind of do a little reflection time and then maybe a little conversation with uh, our partners uh, in the pews. Some of you might have to move a fair distance <laughs> to reach somebody else, uh, but I will uh, kind of introduce that as we, as we come to it. Uh, so grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know you're all worried about talking to each other. I can feel it already, but relax, relax. Um, I can share something with you that made me uh, uncomfortable uh, this week. I've been reading Neil deGrasse Tyson's book, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Uh, I picked this up. I was stuck at the Charlotte airport for like eight hours last weekend. Uh, And in a moment of weakness, I thought to myself, oh, I'll just pick, I don't read too much science stuff, as you might imagine. I'm not scientifically or mechanically inclined in any way. But I thought maybe I could pick this up. It looks short enough. It looks simple enough uh, that I could uh, get something out of it. And uh, it doesn't say for uh, astrophysics for dummies. It just says people in a hurry. So basically, it's really, really smart, but he goes through it really, really fast. So I was like three chapters in. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm kind of lost already. So I'm definitely going to have to go back and, and reread it. But it's, uh, it's a good book, and if you are a little scientifically inclined, I'm sure you'll understand it much better than I do. But basically, in 200 pages, it's a 14-billion-year sweep of cosmic history uh, from the Big Bang to the present day. And one of the things that stood out to me that I sort of understood uh, about the, uh, the book was the chapter on dark matter. Has anybody heard about dark matter or dark energy in the universe? So he has a couple chapters on dark matter and dark energy. And one of the things that's really fascinating about it is that he says the universe is mostly made up of dark energy and dark matter. He said the ordinary matter, the things that we can see, the stars and the planets um, and gas clouds and all those things across the universe, make up only about 5% of the universe. But um, dark energy and dark matter make up the rest, the other 95%. Dark energy is 68% of the universe. Dark matter is 27% of the universe. Um, Ordinary matter, only 5%. Um, And he says, basically, dark matter, we don't know what exactly what dark matter is, but we know that it's there because we see the effects of it. He says, if it weren't for dark matter, the universe would, expand, would rapidly expand in every direction. Uh, but dark matter uh, applies such a gravitational pull that kind of it holds the universe together. So there's this kind of dance between an expanding universe and this dark matter that it uh, ex- expands, uh, it gives off six times the gravitational pull Um, of regular matter. And so dark matter is kind of there. They don't know what it is, but they can see um, the effects of it. And I just wanted to share a couple of quotes from this book. And I swear to God, I have a point with all of this. Um, He says, the moniker dark matter, which makes no assertion that anything is missing, yet nonetheless implies that some new kind of matter must exist waiting to be discovered. He says... We're not inventing dark matter out of thin space. Instead, we deduce its existence from observational facts. Dark matter is just as real as the countless exoplanets discovered in orbit around stars, others than the sun, discovered solely through their gravitational influence on their host stars and not from direct measurement of their light. He says, what we know is that the the matter we have come to love in the universe 
the matter we have come to love in the universe, the stuff of stars, planets, and life, is only a light frosting on the cosmic cake. Modest buoys afloat in a vast cosmic ocean of something that looks like nothing. And he says, so dark matter is our frenemy. (laughs) That's friend and enemy at the same time. We have no clue what it is. It's kind of annoying, but we desperately need it in our calculations to arrive at an accurate description of the universe. Um, so it's just fascinating to me in this book that um, what, we ha- what we think about the universe and what we're taught to think about the universe, we think about those planets uh, and the stars and, and all those things, except for the fact that that's a minute frosting on the cake of what the universe is actually made of. Um, and it made me think of our reading for this morning from 2 Corinthians, right? So uh, Paul says in that part of, uh, he says, So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure, because we look not to what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. And it just, um, and Paul has this great way in one of these uh, beautiful pieces of writing where he contrasts the outer nature with the inner nature, the momentary with the eternal, the seen and the unseen, the temporary, the eternal. Um, And so Paul is calling us to look at those things which are unseen, the eternal, um, the inner nature of things. And it spoke to me about this sense of dark matter, that those things uh, in our spiritual lives and in the spiritual world are hard to see, but we can see the effects of them. Things like love, things like grace, things like hope, things like trust. These are things that we cannot see in and of themselves but we see the effects of those things when they pass through our lives, um, when they touch our lives. So just like that dark matter in the universe, we can't touch it, we can't taste it, we can't smell it. We're not even sure exactly how it works and what it is, Um, but we can see the effects of how it makes the universe hold together. And I think the same can be true of our spiritual lives. How does grace work? How does love work? How does hope work? We know some, but we only know in part. But when we see the effects of those things, it's incredibly powerful. Um, And so just recently, you know, I think um, some of the the ways that I've seen that more recently here at church, we've had a few funerals, you know, sadly. Um, And it's a paradox that this time of incredible grief and sadness is also a time uh, of gratitude. And it's a call to remember the things that are most important in our lives. And so as people have told the stories of our saints who have gone on to eternal glory, when they've told those stories, what they have been describing, I think, is how those unseen, invisible, eternal things like love, grace, hope um, have manifested themselves in the lives of the people that they loved, that we loved. Those things became real in those people. Um, I think this week in the news, you know, we've seen the, the stories of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade um, taking their lives this week. 
And we recognize, we need to recognize more in a culture of how unseen things like anxiety and depression powerfully affect people um, and, and, uh, and how we need to help them and name those things um, uh, when, um, when we know that people are struggling so that it's not such a silent struggle for people. Um, or, you know, there are kind of more simple things sometimes where, you know, in our daily lives, we follow a lot of routines and we see the same things over and over again. And then there are some moments and some days when we see that same thing and we recognize something new in it. We see the invisible within the invisible. We see the eternal in these fleeting temporary moments. Um, and so our faith invites us to see the world and the universe and our lives um, in a different way. Um, and so with that, I'm just going to ask you to um, turn to your neighbor and, uh, and share a moment, if you could think of one. You can share anything you want. <laughs> um, uh, but share a moment when something kind of uh, leapt out at you, you know, kind of a moment of grace or a God moment, or when something like love and hope and grace or became more real for you? Was there kind of a moment this week or this month or a moment in your life when suddenly the invisible became visible, the unseen became seen, this kind of moment? And it could be as simple as I was kind of talking about the other day with somebody who makes the same commute to work, you know, every single day. And he said, we can go through our lives on those commutes, or the commutes of our lives, uh, and see the same thing and never look any deeper and just see things on the surface as we pass by. Um, but sometimes there are these moments because we're more attuned to it, or maybe they just find us, where there's this kind of moment of seeing the something more in life, the deeper part of life, um, and finding a moment where um, all those things that we hold as so important in our faith become more real for us. So whatever that looks like to you, um, I'm going to invite you to turn to your neighbors um, and just share a little bit of um, what those moments might be for you or have been for you. And um, if it's not a helpful question to ask, then answer a question <laughs> that is helpful to you. Um, but where are you seeing the unseen? Where are you finding God in the everyday? So when we'll go for about five minutes or so. Okay. Right. Has everybody had a chance to share? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for being uh, game for this and, uh, and for sharing. And whether you've shared this morning the most profound moment in your life or you were just talking about where you're going for lunch after church, you described in some way something that was important and valuable in, um, and uh, and sometimes invisible and unseen, and you made that real. Um, so these things, um, this faith that we have calls us to, to peer more deeply and to live in some of the mystery of the things that we um, believe in and to witness the ways in which in our daily lives these things manifest themselves. So we see in the incarnation of Jesus when God became flesh, that we see that love and that grace lived out in Jesus. Um, that these ethereal things, these ideas, these beliefs uh, all come to be real in the person of Jesus in the way that he lived and taught and moved and died and rose again. 
Um, and we see those things always in the ways in which um, they take shape in our own lives, the ways that they affect the world that we live in, whether it's our little world or the world or the universe at large. And um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, toward the end of his book, just says, he says, we do not simply live in this universe. The universe lives within us. We do not simply live in this universe. The universe lives within us. And I think our faith invites us to see the world more expansively and also to see our own inner lives as more expansive and open and full of possibility and invitation uh, that sometimes that we can see uh, in the routine of our daily lives. So let us pray. Dear gracious God, there is so much about this universe our world and our lives that we do not understand. And the things that we say are of most importance in this faith, grace, love, hope, um, mercy, forgiveness, these are all things that are so intangible. They're spiritual. They are unseen, invisible. They are eternal. And yet we can see the effects of them in our lives. And so we give thanks for the grace of that that you take what uh, is so beyond us and you allow us to experience, to know, to see it, and to share it with others. Uh, help us to have the eyes to see, wondering eyes, hopeful eyes, longing eyes, to see the ways in which you are at work in our world and in us. Amen. Amen. Thank you.